Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to Parenting Hour. You're tuned into Unity FM 93.5, the heart of the city in Birmingham, as they say, but not excluding all our Luton listeners and all the people are listening in all over the world, whether you're on the what's uh, or on the app at the moment or on the website. Uh, it's great that you're all listening in. It's a privilege to have you tuned in each week. And I love meeting people that uh, give us such positive feedback about the shows. Thank you so much, all our listeners. And inshallah, Ramadan is going well for you. And that you're remembering me specifically and uh, all the others in here in, in Unity FM in your dua, inshallah, that we can continue in putting on shows like this for you on a voluntary basis, week by week. Alhamdulillah, we come to try and put together shows that um, you may be interested in and topics that you're interested in, inshallah. The number is 0121-772-8892. My name is Kathleen Rochnagy. Of course, you, you know that by now. The email is studio at unitfm.net. And we were talking to, and we are talking today about fostering. And we've got Cameroon with us here in the studio. And she has been talking a lot and explaining a lot about the process and who's involved and different agencies and diff- lots of things about Foster Line and giving numbers out and websites out. And before the break, we were actually asking you to uh, get a pen and paper. We will repeat now. I think we should repeat those numbers now and then again at the end of the show so that uh, if anybody's just tuned in now, that or maybe have to leave before the end of the show that you actually are able to grab um, th- those numbers down. So Foster Line, we have a website and a phone number. Can you just repeat them again for us, please? We do indeed. Okay, so Foster Line is available via telephone on 0800 040 7675 and that's Monday to Friday, 9am to 5pm or via our interactive website on www.fosterline.info. Um, we also have a live chat service or a web form you can complete for callbacks. Mm. So a lot of support there, lots of information there on the website and people that can help you as well if you ring in or chat online to, to them. Before the break, we were um, I was becoming interested about spaces and houses and how much rooms mm. do you have to mm-hmm. have and is there rules around this because you, you know, lots of people think I have a I can do this. I can foster this other child. I have three or four children. We can put them, you know, together. We can have book beds in this room and we can put them in there. And then I can have a room for this other child that's coming in. Is that the case or is there certain regulations around this? Um, yes, there are. So uh, if I kind of start off with a general overview, most fostering services will prefer you to have a spare bedroom mm-hmm. um, if you are going to foster a, a children over the age of two or three. Although there is no regulatory requirement for foster children over the age of three to have their own bedroom, the space in your home will be taken into consideration when you apply to foster, and this will include the availability of a spare bedroom. Now, in terms of reg- regulations, so you've got national minimum Standard 10.6 states that a child over the age of three should have their own bedroom where physically possible, taking into account the child's wishes and feelings. Having their own bedroom will generally be more appropriate, particularly if the child has issues around sexualized behaviors or bullying, or you know, if they have specific issues, it's more important that they do have their own space. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are short of space um, but still wish to foster, you may consider respite care. 
um, also known as short break or shared care. This covers a variety of different types of part-time care. Um, so you could potentially have a child stay over for a few hours a, a day for each week, um, and that gives families um, a, a full-time foster carers a much-needed break. So that's another option mm. if you want to provide some kind of temporary relief. Um, if you do have similar questions to this, we do have very useful frequently asked questions on our on the top of our website as well that goes through similar kind of questions. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's always good to have a look. It is. So if you had a spare room like that, mm. is it okay of having your own children then in a bunk bed in another room? Um, I think in terms of the... Uh, rules you've got uh, policies each fostering agency will have their own policy in relation to bedroom space so that it's always good to check what their policy is Um, in terms of how you have your own children the uh, ideally if you have two children who have the same sex that's potentially um, more suited to sharing Mm -hmm. depending on their age because you know it's it's about usually children start to need their own space you know post puberty mm-hmm. so if they're like under 10 and you've got a sibling you know your own children maybe two girls or two boys of a younger age that's that's a different matter but when they're slightly older or they're different genders it's about being sensible because they will any fostering assessment will take into account your whole family mm-hmm. and look at bedroom space and and the reality of it and practicalities of it mm-hmm. Of course, and bathrooms and all of this. So mm-hmm. you have, you have, there's a lot, a lot, to, a lot to factor in. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. and I suppose if you wanted to have a choice of girls, you can ha- have a choice of whether you want girls over boys or boys over girls? You can state your preference, <coughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always good to do so at the outset, as I mentioned, because any fostering agency assessing you will want to know um, that you are, as I mentioned, open and flexible. If they feel mm-hmm. that you have a preference, they will put that into the assessment and that will mm. factor in in terms of the matching process when they do consider children for you. Oh, which is good again, because maybe if you had a family of all girls, you might feel more comfortable of having a girl mm. there, mm. or vice versa. Mm-hmm. If you had boys, you might say, well, I know that a boy would fit in here, you yes. know, he'd yeah. play with the children and mm. play football together with the same similar interests. Yeah. So that probably, for, especially for our Muslim families, mm. I think they would be thinking this way, you know, rather than having a, a family of boys and then bringing in a girl. They might be yeah. a bit worried about mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's understandable. The, the, the dynamics would definitely change. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Which is it's good. Actually, which leads me into thinking about um, some of the things that I've heard about in the past of the implications of why Muslims don't particularly come forward is that... Some practicing women, especially that are wearing hijab, mm. you know, and they are fostering, and they didn't understand that they could specify that they wanted girls, mm-hmm. and they just thought, oh, I'm going to have a foster child, and sometimes these children are boys coming mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. and they think, how can I manage that? How can I have a boy in the house, and then I have my hijab, mm-hmm. and this boy is mm-hmm. growing up, and maybe a young man, mm-hmm. and I, I can't go around all day from the time I get up to the time I go to bed with my hijab on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are practicalities that to bear in mind, and at the end of the day, whatever suits your family is what you need to be looking at, because mm-hmm. it is a family 
commitment fostering. Mm-hmm. So yes, you, you can make preferences, you can ask for that. Um, it all depends on the matching process. And indeed, before you are, a child is placed with you, you, you have um, a, kind of a pen profile. So you'll, you'll be able to say yes or no, depending on the information you receive beforehand. So you'll mm-hmm. be offered information about the child. Um, and if you think the child wouldn't fit, you can say no. If you feel the child would fit, you can say yes. So the, you do have a choice in the matter. Oh, great. So there is a choice there of mm. gender and age. Potentially, yes. Yeah, mm. it's, it's it, All that kind of um, preference um, stating should be done at the start, though, of the, of mm. the assessment. So it's, it's kind of fed in through the assessment and everyone's aware. Yeah. And and then I'm just thinking of a, a family that, you know, have a child and uh, they've say fostered him from the age of four or five and mm. he's been with them for many years and, mm-hmm. and he's grown up and they've grown attached and he's become part of the family and then they come to a stage where he is growing into maturity mm. and they're saying I can't leave this young man go he is part of our family mm. now mm-hmm. you know is there a way of them adopting that child then you know because I, I know it's a little bit different in Islam to to uh, legally here we can adopt an mm-hmm. Islam you know they, they should keep their own name but mm-hmm. still we have to go through the legal process here mm-hmm. but they may not uh, I wonder is there a way of them doing that to keep them in the family and yes indeed there is you've got um, bl- plenty of foster carers do go on to adopt the child simply because of those reasons they mm-hmm. become attached uh, they are very much part of the family and um, th- there's a process. So if you're an existing foster carer and you would like to look into foster, uh, adopting your foster child, mm-hmm. it would be a discussion that you'd have with the local authority mm-hmm. um, and look at um, making the application to adopt. And there's a separate process for that and a separate assessment for that as well. Mm. Um, so, you know, that don't be shy to ask your local authority social worker what that process is and how to go about it. Mm-hmm. If at the outset you want to adopt so say you, you're looking into fostering but you're doing it with a view to adopt in the future mm. that that kind of certainty is there there is a process called foster to adopt okay. and it's something that you can actually ask to be assessed as um, via the local authority when you first enter the assessment process mm. and that will be a slightly different process because it's more long term yes so yeah. that might be somebody that um, aren't able to conceive or have their own children for whatever reason Mm -hmm. and decide that yes we maybe like fostering and then adopt Mm -hmm. a a child Mm -hmm. maybe looking for a baby initially Mm -hmm. uh, with the pro with the intention of adopting so that's Mm -hmm. or for other reasons Mm -hmm. but that could be it just trying to think of a family indeed in my mind to to help explain to our listeners what could that be yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Mm So uh, lots of different ways of people wanting to adopt and lots of different information about it. Mm. And I'm going to um, to read something that we uh, I've received recently, very, very recently, actually. And was, uh, so it's uh, something that I would like to to um, to get your opinion on. It says um, adopt a Syrian orphan. So it all immediately kind of. The, the title of it made me, m- mm. my heart kind of mm. just to uh, ease. Okay, what's going on here? We we all need to be helping Syrian mm-hmm. orphans, mm-hmm. you know. Assalamu alaikum, brothers and sisters in Islam. My name is, I won't mention the name. Mm. I'm a volunteer with a charity, so I won't mention the charity mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, uh, we, we work together to welcome families who have fled from Syria, who are currently in refugee camps. Lately, we have started welcoming families from France, from Calais, the camp in Calais in France. 
uh, we are looking for Muslim families to foster underage children who have arrived from these camps after their families were killed. Mm. There is no one to help them uh, but Allah and those <coughs> benevolent enough to take them in. I request you sisters to share this message to the biggest to the biggest biggest member of the Muslim families uh, you can because we can't want the fate of the children to be in the hands of families of different faiths to the Muslim faith and then it ends with a number and and a name and mm -hmm. alaikum so it's a very heart uh, grabbing <coughs> message mm. people reading and, and I know there's other similar messages mm. that that uh, I have come across um, that have been passed around very heart grabbing you think I want to help something mm. um, but after all these questions that that you've answered that I've asked you now that our listeners know that it's not as easy mm. as picking up this and, and, and responding to this person mm -hmm. over the number and saying, here I am, mm -hmm. I, I'm ready to foster. So how would you answer something like this? Well, uh, to be fair, I'm quite concerned about that message because it shows that there's some activity that's going on under the radar of the police and the local authority. Mm -hmm. As as you know, there are safeguarding procedures in place for a reason. These children coming through are, are vulnerable, highly vulnerable, and um, there could be... Um, a criminal offence being committed as well as children who are being moved around outside of the radar of the local authority so where's the safeguarding mm -hmm. you, you know there's nobody assessing these potential foster carers mm -hmm. um, if you can call them that because there are people coming forward to care for the children there needs to be a boundary around this and as I mentioned before there's a very rigorous process to assess foster carers nobody has the right to be a foster carer there's a there's a reason for the assessment process and it, and it filters through to quality carers it, it you know it's not f suited to everybody mm -hmm, and, and mm -hmm. unless you are you've been through that process that that, that mm -hmm. kind of assessment process and have been approved mm -hmm. as a safe suitable appropriate carer mm -hmm. you could be doing more harm than good um, it's quite unsafe practice by the sounds of it what's going on there and um, I, I think we would probably need to look into the matter further so I would be taking this information back to my management team as well mm -hmm. so listeners if you do get messages like that you know you know that these are not proper messages and um, if you wanted to become a foster carer and if your passion was aroused by some messages like this please go through the proper processes because if it was um, you couldn't just imagine if it was the other way around and God forbid and to happen the other way around but it was if it was a child or a child that you knew you'd want them to be in a family that was properly scrutinized mm -hmm. that had all the procedures in place that had that had the DBSs mm -hmm. that were safe to leave your precious mm -hmm. child with. Mm -hmm. So this is why these things are in place to protect mm -hmm. children and protect all children. Indeed. And, and we have very great uh, processes here in the UK which we're very lucky to have mm -hmm. those processes here. And of course as Muslims we uh, live our lives abiding by UK law. Yes. It's something that our Islam tells us to do to mm -hmm. live our, lead our lives according to the country we're living Living yes, in, yes. so we have to abide by those laws of the country we're, mm -hmm. we're living in, and um, and something that we we need to go through. So yeah, it's, it's if you are aroused by any of these messages, what 
what uh, we're saying and what Cameroon is saying is pick up the phone to ring that number we're going to put out again on mm-hmm. Foster Line okay. or go on the website so that you know exactly t- and can get the correct information on what to do. And if you're concerned, uh, having received the, one of these messages, feel free to contact the police as well because mm. potentially there could be some child trafficking going on. We don't know. Mm. It's very important to safeguard children at all levels and at the end of the day, if there is something that you feel is not quite right, mm-hmm. the local authority and the police are the departments that you would need to refer to first and foremost, mm-hmm. particularly if you feel there's a safeguarding or child protection concern. Okay, brilliant. That's really good advice there uh, for uh, all of us that may receive these messages. Thank you. And what are those numbers again? Just to Okay, so Foster Line, for any fostering inquiries, um, are, uh, we are available on 0800 040-7675, Monday to Friday, 9am to 5pm, and via our interactive website, www.fosterline.info. Wonderful. You know, we've talked here now for about three quarters of the show, and I can see the passion you bring with <laughs> you, the amount of knowledge, mashallah, you have, uh, the things at your fingertips there that I, I throw a question at you and you're able to answer it straight away. Obviously, you you like your job. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Do you like I it or enjoy indeed, it? I do yes. yes. <laughs> Tell us what you enjoy about it. It's no two days are the same. It's it's, mm. a, it's a pleasure to work within the team, staff team that I have, an amazingly supportive um team manager mm-hmm. um, I have wonderful colleagues we all bounce off each other and where there's a learning gap we'll find it and we'll plug it and we'll all work together towards a better quality service we're constantly up on our CPD mm-hmm. constantly learning new legislation new policies procedures all of that is all you know kind of part and parcel of our training uh, mm-hmm. as foster line mm-hmm. advisors because at the end of the day we are out there public facing providing information for the Department for Education so we need to be 100% spot on with the information we give and it has to be confidential, impartial and um, basically accurate. Mm. Yeah. So that's that part of it but in terms of the, the kind of fun part of it it's, mm-hmm. it's enjoyable simply because it's um, it's a very warm team as I mentioned mm. before we all, we all get on. Uh, I'd see it more as a family. Mm-hmm. As, as opposed to a team yeah, yeah. and it's, there's not many places of work that you can call that you know mm. there's a real sense of camaraderie between us and, and support if one of us is unsure of something the other person will find out for us so there's always that kind of ongoing learning between us and support so yes very a much difficult area you know mm. it's, you, you talk about as a family and uh, this is difficult working with foster children, children that have gone through mm. a lot of trauma, a lot of other things in their lives. It's really a hard area to be working in. Mm-hmm. Which you, you, you're there together, you feel you're working together. And mm. Yeah. I think it helps also um, having the um, kind of empathy towards the callers as well because mm. some callers do have um, challenges um, in terms of, of calling up distressed because maybe they've attached um, to the foster child and their foster child is leaving because they're 18 or mm-hmm. for whatever reason and mm-hmm. having the counselling skills as, as with my other hat as a, as a counsellor it helps when I'm on the lines because I'm able to offer that warmth and that mm-hmm. that kind of reassurance that you know that they've kind of moved through a process and and been resilient enough to kind of move forwards so that always helps as well oh, so a counsellor as well I wonder what do you do to de-stress yourself when oh. things <laughs> you know, you have a very stressful job mm. and, and things and you're, you're doing counselling as well. So what, mm. what, how do you de-stress? How do you relax? 
Okay, so in terms of a work perspective, we always have regular supervisions and we do come off the line every now and then um, while a a colleague's on and we'll have a kind of debrief if we have a difficult phone call. As with any job, it's important that we have a support structure in place. Mm -hmm. In terms of personally... I like to um, do a bit of escapism, so I like my spa weekends away. So Mm -hmm. every now and then, if I get tired or feel a bit drained, Mm -hmm. I'll contact my friend and we'll just disappear. So hubby has the kids and I'm I'm off somewhere sunning myself either on on a hot weekend away somewhere or in a local spa having my face done and my massage Mm. so that's yeah that's my outlet if you'd like Mm. which Mm. is important actually we all need those outlets like i'm sure there's a lot of parents listening today especially mums that Mm. are there doing that very important job of raising their children Mm. and forget about themselves don't treat themselves Mm -hmm, mm. you know i wonder listeners you know mums especially when was the last time you bought yourself something Mm. Mm. good question Mm. You know, everyone's, you know, as mothers, as you know, as we are mm-hmm. both mothers, we are so busy looking after everyone else. Who's looking after us? Mm. So unless we do that for ourselves and, and find that me time, yes. um, w- you know, we could be doing ourselves a disservice because mm-hmm. if we're run down, we're no good to anyone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a sunnah as well. Our prophet, mm-hmm. peace be upon him, says, you know, you tie your camel, you look after yourself mm-hmm. and then you look after the other people. And that's mm-hmm. not being selfish, mm-hmm. it's being... Uh, it's having self-care mm-hmm. because at the end of the day if you're run down and you can't cope and you can't manage then everything else goes around you yeah. but if you're strong and healthy and, and, and happy in yourself you will continue and that will emanate from you and you will be able to continue doing your role as a mother and potentially if you're a foster carer as a foster carer mm-hmm. and, and move forward in life because you've got that support network as well and don't be afraid to ask for help I think plenty of mothers will just trudge along mindlessly thinking mm-hmm. I've got this I'll do mm-hmm. this and there's so much support out there just ask exactly and especially now if you're in Ramadan you might have even more burdens on top of you trying to do extra prayers mm. and trying to prepare the food mm. etc mm. so it would be good that um, maybe you think of what can I do to treat myself after Ramadan for mm. Eid something for myself some little thing myself even if I'm going yeah. to go to the hairdresser that's it planning a treat mm. look for, you, it's good to plan something to look forward to mm. because mm. you know life can get quite mundane you know same yeah. old thing every day it's good to have that something yeah. special yeah a treat a treat so mm. that's for all especially all mums out mm. there I know dads also need a treat because we, <laughs> yes. we talk here on parenting hour about parenting so mm. we don't just talk about mothering but you know mothers um, around this time of the year especially I think in Ramadan because it, it's it's hard getting up early getting children to school life goes on yes and still at the same time you want to do extra you mm. want to do your extra prayers mm-hmm. you want to stay up late at night time to in, try and pray Tarawi if you can mm-hmm. uh, you're fasting during the day it's hot you're mm. maybe not able to get enough water in the night time you're tired so, so it's really there's a lot on poor, mm. poor mums yeah. it is indeed mm. and that's why we need to look after ourselves and each other oh, brilliant yeah mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that so last couple of minutes left of the show is there any tips that we can give like in summary to our listeners about foster line or f- and fostering in general and just, if you can just give pick out a few diff- d- tips for them um, I know one definitely go onto that website because that's something <laughs> I'm going to do yeah. and see what's on that website. Yeah. 
Okay, so um, in terms of the website, I can yep. follow on from that. We do actually have a fostering quiz on the website mm. as well. It's on the Thinking and Fostering pages. So if you're at the stage of should I, should I, there is a, a useful quiz it, and basically it helps you to decide as well. It just prompts you, gentle prompters. You know, have you thought of this? Have you thought of that? What is what's happening for you at the moment? And you can kind of go through that systematically and it will give you an indication of, of whether you're ready you know or prepared to foster so that's an interesting um, tool on the website as well and that's www.fosterline.info .info <laughs> have you got that dot .info it's an unusual one mm. fosterline.info great yeah um, and in terms of um, the, the whole profession just remember at the end of the day it's like you know if you're if you're already a parent it's like caring for your own children there's just a few more bits involved that you just need to work with other professionals so there are other aspects but a child is a child and all they want really if you scrape away all the all of the bureaucracy is as a loving home um to feel valued to feel cared for and just to be to be loved really that's mm. all they want all children want is the safety and approval of the of their loved ones of their guardians or their carers and, and that's that's pretty much bottom line. Wow, you've summarised that really well, <laughs> mashallah, mashallah. And it's true, it, it's true. And we we should be uh, out there. And I hope after listening to the show that we have in, interested or sowed the seed for some parents to actually go on your website, make those phone calls, and see what they can do. Mm-hmm. And inshallah, in this blessed month, if you make an intention to do something. Allah will help you doing it. You know, you put one arm forward or a hand forward, Allah mm. will come with an arm. One step forward, Allah will come running to you, inshallah, to help you to do it. So if it is your intention, inshallah, Allah will help you and guide you in this. Mm-hmm. So, mashallah, it's a pleasure having you on the show. Would you believe we've come to the end of the time already? Wow. Doesn't it go very quickly? <laughs> it does indeed. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. mashallah. <laughs> so, listeners, thank you for tuning in. I hope, inshallah, Ramadan is going well for you and uh, that you are availing of all the blessings of this blessed month, alhamdulillah. If you do want to uh, ask any questions and you've um, not been able to take down the numbers or the website, you can always, as usual, either email studio at unityfm.net or ring in the studio, double seven two double eight nine two, And, of course, everything will be passed on to Cameroon. But I hope, inshallah, you found this very beneficial. and I certainly did, and I've learned a lot this evening. And we look forward to, for you to tune in next week for another show, inshallah. Please don't forget us in your dua. I'd like to say salam to you, Cameroon. Thank you for coming in. Inshallah, Ramadan will continue for you also. And may you gain the, all the blessings of Ramadan, inshallah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And um, Ramadan Mubarak to all of the listeners. <laughs> Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs>